On this episode of The Playbook, I have Grammy-nominated, multi-platinum-selling artist, producer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, that's right, Akon, on The Playbook, teaching us about how and who mentored him, and even more importantly, who he now mentors. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. All right, this is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I have a young man who most people don't know is a great entrepreneur, Akon. Welcome What's to up, the buddy? Playbook, man. My man. <laughs> we have so many different people in so many different circles, and I always uh, take an evaluation of an athlete or a celebrity or an entertainer by what other business people tell me about them. Got and it. to me, that's where the character lies, because it's one thing people don't understand. To get to the top of your profession, you have to carry a spirit of excellence. No, I agree. I and agree. I met you when you were young, and I watched you from afar, and it had the wrong name, but I watched you from afar. <laughs> and the way you interact with people, you know, the character that you, you had just showed me the professionalism that it took to get to the top of the music industry. Where did that aptitude come? You know, everyone has a, born, a God-born talent, and you are the music of a born talent. Grammy nominated, platinum records, we all know that. But where does that spirit of excellence come from to get to the top? Um, I think that probably comes, one, through, you know, uh, people that you meet. You know, as you meet people, you just you just kind of get a sense for uh, a relation, like people's relation type of thing. Because I think everybody's different. Their energy is different. You find a way to kind of focus and harness that energy and figure out how it all works and where the synergies are because when I meet people the first thing I say in my mind is okay I wonder what we're going to have in common you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and the one thing you all you always have in common when you first meet somebody is that, okay this is someone new and you're both trying to figure each other out so you already got that already in common but then as you have the conversation as you start to pay attention to what they're saying and then you start to really kind of understand okay I, I see he like this he moves this way and then you start to realize if this if you guys can even gel because you know some people they have a certain uh, you can say characteristic where you know off top, man, we'll be great friends, but I don't know if it'll be a good business partnership. Well, he'll be a great business partnership, but I don't know if I can go to the strip club with this guy. Right, right. So <laughs> you kind of, you know, you kind of can gauge the, you know, just the personalities of people. But I think that comes from just trying to read people and kind of understand who you are. Because most of the times when I come, I just be who I am. And if they can accept you for who you are naturally, those are good people that you want to kind of continue to com communicate with. You know what I mean? One of the things I've learned about people that are just themselves, that yep. authentic, I call it a frequency, right? You find your own frequency. Yeah. Is that they don't really care what other people think. Absolutely. We're, you know, yeah. in your life, was that always the case or were you a pleaser at one time? Did you learn a lesson? Um, well, I'm a pleaser still to this day, but yeah. I just don't care what people think. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I do what I want to do. I do what makes me feel great. And I always make sure that whoever's around me has a great experience, whether we're doing business together, whether we're entertaining each other. Like, I just always want that, you know, when my name is mentioned, they always have a good story to tell. So on, <laughs> on that part of it, I'm still, you know, a pleaser. But as far as me being myself, I honestly never really cared about what people thought because I always felt like, you know, I am who I am and I really can't change who I am. And if I feel like I'm changing who I am, then I can never no longer feel like I'm myself, if that makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? So Well, you can't just, distinguish yourself because if you're like everybody else, you'll just be seen like everybody you'll else. You'll just be seen like everybody else. Absolutely. You also have humility. 
you know, which I believe is a learned trait. You know, and in humility, I've dealt with a lot of professional athletes and entertainers in my career. Mm-hmm. And one of the most difficult things, even as a business person who had great success, that I had to learn mm-hmm. was humility. Because mm-hmm. as we get successful at a young age, we start believing yeah. other people. And also, nobody says no to us. Yeah. Have you, you know, you just seem so humble to me, you know, have you had that situation where people just, you know, are blowing smoke at you and you had to learn a lesson to, to figure out that humility? Um, well, the good thing is I kind of grew up kind of, because my dad is very, you know, he has this, he's super, like super, super humble, you know? My mom, same way, like my family, growing up in Africa, you kind of meet humble people no matter how rich they are. You happy just, and humble in Africa. Happy and humble, we right? Both, we both do work in Africa, so I Absolutely. Get it. So, and then a lot of the billionaires that I know from Africa, you couldn't even tell that they were billionaires, you know, because it's, it's like there's a certain humble beginning and a humble history that just comes along with them. And with me, I've been surrounded by so many people that didn't have, that me having, I've realized that it's a blessing. So I never look at it like I'm above or beyond anybody. I always look at it like, man, God put me in this position for a purpose. And it's actually a blessing to even be in this situation. So I always felt like if I, I would have stepped myself and tried to become or feel like I'm, you know, larger than life or bigger than the next person that's uns- that's not as successful in whatever real mind. I always felt like I was going to get snatched away. Like, it's a fear of... Yeah. I was honestly believe... I think the fear of God in you creates that humility, I think, in a big way. I think when you have that spiritualness attached to you, you cannot not be humble. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. And I live yeah. my life that way. And one of the things, you know, I spent a lot of time in Africa. I lived my life early on. I thought money could buy me happiness. Right? Yeah, and a lot you of make a lot do. of money... And I learned that money's important, though, because it allowed me to shop. And, you know, a year ago, I, I shopped at about two community centers in Kenya, mm-hmm. right, to That's build amazing. that. And, yeah. and, you know, way better than our watches and our cars Absolutely. and everything else. Absolutely. That was. But I also read when I was in Kenya that you have the light, the Akon Lighting Foundation. Is that- well, it's actually Akon Lighting um, Africa. Profit, it's, right? it's, it's, it's a utility energy utility company. It provides. Yeah, but the thing is, I think because of the fact that Africa was... Like, you know, the energy poverty in Africa was just huge. Like, the need for energy is so vast that when you're in that energy business, it just naturally feels like charity because so many people need it. value. You know, so I think that was the reason why it kind of came off like charity because the need of it was so big. But it's always been a for-profit company. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's okay. A lot of entrepreneurs need to know this. Like, I live my life for profit. Yeah. But what I try to do is if I'm giving you, for example, $100 worth of value and only charging 20 mm-hmm. i'm giving 80 dollars oh 100 when, when you're providing Absolutely. electricity into africa you're changing billions of dollars of future you're saving lives yeah. because people now don't have to go and walk six miles for water and back there's all Absolutely. kinds of things that no, electricity, the impact is yeah it's, it, it impacts in so many different ways yeah and so you know with we're so young mm-hmm. and your, your music career is going to keep on powering through but you have all these entrepreneurial ventures that you're looking at Mentorship's the most important thing. Absolutely. And in music, I think Wycliffe was one of your... Yeah, yeah Wycliffe was one of my mentors coming up. As I got more successful, started meeting more people, Quincy Jones became a you know huge uh, you know impact, impact for me. Um, but my biggest, I would probably say, uh, influencer um, and, and mentor was Jimmy Iovine. You know, wow. he kind of kept... Yeah, he, he literally steered us all in the right direction, gave us the information we needed, gave us the support we needed. I mean, from an intellectual standpoint, financial standpoint, even 
past artists in our direction. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had Lady Gaga. You know, so it's like he, he did it. Yeah, <laughs> small like, town. Yeah, he passed. He, he gave us all big bones. If it wasn't for him, Dre wouldn't have had the beats. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like Jimmy always positioned all of us. Like he knew the ones that had potential, and he always kind of puts a lot of energy and made sure that we, you know, we, we kind of kept the, the business going a certain kind of way and made good decisions. And you're paying that forward as well. Absolutely. So we look for mentorship, but you're also mentoring others right now. What type of mentorship do you do? Like, where do you see the future of, you know, helping out other young, either entertainers or entrepreneurs? Yeah, like me, I built my career off helping others build their career, especially in the music business. You know, I'm always looking for brand new talent, looking for, you know, fresh ideas. And I always go in areas where the opportunity is really little. You know what I mean? Like in the small hick towns, whether it's in Tallahassee or Mississippi or, you know, Memphis, like we always look for areas, you know, where there just there's no opportunity, you know, like St. Louis and places like crazy places. But in Africa specifically, we created a whole, you know, Afrobeat genre in Nigeria at a time when Afrobeat wasn't really even thought about. You know, now it's like it's really growing. The genre is really growing in the United States. It's doing, a big, you know, making big numbers now. But ultimately on the business side, I always run into like small entrepreneur programs where you have these really, really smart kids, you know, that come from like, you know, nothing, but yet have these scholarships in these most, you know, exclusive schools. And you know for sure that these guys didn't reach here by being stupid, you know? Right. So you, and not only am I mentoring them from a different aspect of growth, but they're also mentoring us too because they, they kind of see things from a different set of lenses, you know? So allowing to have those conversations, they learn from us, you learn from them. I think helps just the growth on, on both sides. So ultimately, as I am mentoring, I'm also being mentored because the younger generation take business and they approach it in a different way. Like even the music business, like I'm coming from a more of an old school thought because I was taught by the old school guys. Right. But days. now the new generation with digital and streaming, they're teaching me a lot about the music business that I never even knew existed. I feel the same way. You know, I've been you know? representing and branding and marketing people for years and years. Radio, print, TV, <laughs> right. billboards. Now it's like right? straight online marketing. Well, you know, we share a friend, a friend, Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, who's a friend oh, of ours. Nice. And you know, I help him with the sports agency side. But you know, my guys were like, Dave, ask Gary for help to brand you. Yeah. And I'm like, who the heck wants to hear from like a middle <laughs> eight, right? I'm a, and next thing I know, I'm like Uncle Dave of the internet. You know, See, I have like podcasts and the Instagram See? and the and it's crazy. Branding's so important. And tell us everything. And you are a master at branding. Um, where like do you learn that? Because education is one of the conflictual things. You dropped out of college, right, in, yep. in Atlanta. But today, like, Gary doesn't believe in going to college. I'm 50-50. Yeah. Like, I think you got to determine what you want out of college. That's exactly. And to afford it. <laughs> well, this is the thing, because that's what I tell my kids. I say, listen, I'm not about to pay for you to go to college just for the sake of you going to college and, having, and walking around Set with a degree. <laughs> Figure it out what it is you want to do, what you have the passion for. What will you decide, like, if you was your choice, what would you? What do you love to do that even if you did it for free that you would do it anyway? And that's where you build your business around. You build your business around what it is that you're great at, that you love to do, and you would do it for absolutely for no money. That becomes your multi-million dollar enterprise, you know? And then now, whatever that passion is, you go seek knowledge according to that passion. Well, if a college gives you that knowledge, and that's where it is. But if it's some, you know, a trade school up in Timbuktu, then I'm gonna send you to Timbuktu right. to get that knowledge for that or specific coding passion. or whatever it is. Absolutely. What kids don't understand a lot of times too is, you know, both of us get to live our lives 
making money off of our passion. Yeah. But, you know, I know your reputation. I even talked to your wife about this and mm-hmm. they said, well, he doesn't sleep, which is the main thing that they say <laughs> for me. You know, it didn't come easy. Mm-hmm. Right? Talent doesn't come easy. Your passion doesn't come easy. Absolutely. I think the passion allows us to fuel what we have to go through. 1,000%. It, it gives you that, it gives you those shoulder pads to take the hit and the blows because you just love to do it, so you're just going to keep going. But more than anything, it gives you the drive because when you love something, you're not going to sleep, especially if it's in front of you and you get to do it every single day, 24 hours a day. You're going to do it 24 hours a day if you can. You know what I mean? So that's the advantages of doing something that you just love to do. What's your perspective? Everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. I promise you that my life and your life has not always been easy. Absolutely. That we you know, made mistakes, had challenges, void shortages, obstacles in our way. For sure. What's your philosophy or perspective of when something doesn't go your way or other people would call it a mistake? Do you have a certain philosophy about making mistakes or having challenges in your life? Oh, yeah. I don't believe in mistakes. I really honestly don't. I think if it went wrong, it actually went good. And because I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in something going wrong. I feel like something went that way for you to learn from that, right? So ultimately, whatever you predicted, if it didn't happen, that doesn't mean it went wrong. It just means you just falsely predicted, which means you need more education and you need more information to predict and what you predict actually happens. Does that make sense? Absolutely, I live the same way. Yeah, because most people be like, man, this is gonna happen, we're gonna do this, or it's gonna be a great concert, it's gonna be a great performance, or it's gonna be a great event, and then the event don't happen the way they predicted, and all of a sudden they're like, oh man, shit went wrong. No, he just <laughs> actually predicted wrong. Right. So mm-hmm. now you gotta get more information to whatever you predict in the future, it can go as close to that prediction as possible. It's so true, I tell people all the time, they say, oh, I made a huge mistake. I said, no, I go, something happened that you didn't understand yep. or you didn't expect. Absolutely. And so your job now is to figure out why yep. and learn and learn from it. And I do believe that that perspective comes from faith as well. Both it, of us it, are faith-based. Absolutely. And that when you have faith that everything is happening to you for the better. For the better. You know, and as you yep. get to surround yourself with extraordinary people, I think that's the biggest bl- blessing of our career. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. like, I get to sit down with you. That's and hopefully true. you feel the same and way about me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. But honestly, it, but I see this yeah. common thread that everyone has faith, that we're on this journey to learn. We're here to help people, to be yeah. of service, you know, and to provide value. And I think in the first five minutes I met you, you said like three times that you were more about helping the other people than, than for yourself, whether yeah. it was your own family, young kids, or the communities in Africa. Even if it was for profit, you were there to be of service. How important is it for people to have that balance of, look, it can't all just be for you? Well, I mean, the way I see it, helping them helps me. <laughs> right, a Zig Ziglar. It, I mean, really. Like, elevate because, others to elevate yourself. And it's funny because I, there's a particular artist, I don't want to mention his name, but he had a record label. Well, he was an artist, very successful artist. And then he had a record company that he created due to the success of him being an artist. And he had one particular artist that he signed that was really bubbling and was creating a lot of hype in the business. But to him, he felt like he didn't want to push that artist too much because he didn't want that artist to be bigger than him. And he was like, yo, how do you do it? How how can you move when your artist is bigger than you? I said, bro, don't you realize if you... First of all, you shouldn't sign anybody that you don't think has the potential to be bigger than you, first of all. And number two, do you know that when that artist becomes larger than you, it makes you larger than him? Oof. It makes you look like a fucking genius. Exactly. Think little, about it. That's little John. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I, I used to always use 
Dr. Dre as an example, because I'd be like, okay, when Dr. Dre signed 50 Cent, he didn't think that 50 was going to sell 10 million records. Right. That made 50, Dr. Dre look like a genius. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you sign Eminem, that made you even look like a double genius. <laughs> I'm like, think about going. it. These, like, just think about it. I was like, bro, I was great. But after little after Lady Gaga blew up, it made me feel and look even <laughs> bigger. Of course. They're like, no, impossible. We didn't discover that girl. There's no way that this so you're not understanding that only builds your profile to make you to open up your platform to even be bigger. And that's when you help other people and the, who the persons that you help become successful, that adds to your success and it creates a bigger aura around you. And it makes you actually look and feel bigger and bigger opportunities come because of your attachment to that person. So I don't understand the logic of people not wanting to help or not putting themselves in a position to make someone else bigger and you being a part of that success. So to elevate others, to elevate yourself, I used to say, yeah. you think Shaquille O'Neal's rich, man. No, he's amazing. I love Shaq. Check, check, check the guy signing his check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, you know, and we get to be surrounded by that. All right. Last yeah. question as we get into it. You got a lot of things to do. What, what to you would be the best legacy when it's all said and done? There you are watching your grandkids sitting in Atlanta or wherever you want to be. What, what would that picture look like, your legacy that you would leave? Man, I mean, my legacy now, I'm still building as we speak, but I, I, I want to be able to leave that legacy where, like, you're not forgotten. You know, like, your work after you're dead and gone continues to reflect 10 and decades later. You know what I mean? Like, people could say, man, that dude made a huge impact. To this day, I'm trying to, you know, be like him or or people are creating their models according to what you achieved and created, you know, along the way. But my, my biggest legacy is just to be remembered for doing great things and having that huge impact that no one can, can duplicate or try working forever to duplicate. Yeah, you know? that timelessness. Well, the interesting 1, thing when I watch you is, you know, you have a lighting company, but your music, your personality, your brand and the artists that you have are lighting up the entire world beyond just the lighting company, right? No, you, absolutely I would right. say it takes one Thank particle you. of light to light up a million particles of darkness. No, that's so true. And so you, you know, even dressed in white, I'm thinking this guy's mm-hmm. a huge light to society. <laughs> no, and you are, man. And I'm just Thank proud, you. you know, to be here with you so that people Thank can you. see this side of you, that it's just not the music, that it takes a lot to be the best at what you what you do and to help other people. So no, I appreciate your time, Akon. Thank you, man. Awesome. My man. Zaycon with Dave Meltzer, Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.